Hey there, are you sick and tired of feeling sick and tired? Join Adol Kozilski and Fagy Stern as they explore ways to reverse chronic illness and achieve vibrant health. Your health is your only wealth and together we can be better. Hashtag Healthy You, Wealthy You. Good morning, good morning from Johannesburg, South Africa. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with me in studio is Fagy. Good morning, Adol. Good morning, good morning. And before we start our show, we want to uh, send our prayers, our support, our love and our strength to our fellow Jews in uh, Eretz Israel that are under siege really right now in very, very difficult situations. Our prayers are with you and we're trying to bring a lot more light into the world and we hope that the situation um, is going to ease and that everybody will be able to resume normal life very soon, but this time with Mashiach, please God. Amen. Right, today we have a very, very interesting discussion that I am quite excited about because um, I certainly want to learn more. We are going to be talking to Mitzi Hollander. Mitzi Hollander has 43 years of experience. She's been in private practice. She has an honors in educational psychology. She is a registered psychometrist with, with the HBCSA, and she is the founder of a practice called AdLab. Today, we're going to be talking about what we can do with children who have learning difficulties, concentration, dyslexia, and it's going to prove to be a very, very interesting one. If you'd like to join our conversation, 34519 is our SMS line. 061-895-1019 is our telegram number. So without further ado, good morning, Mitzi. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, good morning. Thank you for the invite. We're super excited. And I think before we get into our topic, maybe just give a little bit more about yourself and, and how you got to do what you're doing today. Okay, I just wanted to add, um, thank you for that. I wanted to add that I'm also registered registered as an EED technician with the HPCSA. Um, really landed up in the field of educational psychology purely because that was almost the shortest queue when I had to register at Varsity. But, <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but I did have to go through a whole process where they decided that I, if I could go on with the course or not. My um, younger brother had severe dyslexia or has severe dyslexia and learning difficulties and ADD. So obviously that was, you know, part of my brain that I had to start looking at things differently. Um, and yes, started private practice um, immediately after I registered. Um, I did a fantastic internship at, um, at Forest Town School where I really learned how to work with all the other therapists that are always in our spectrum. Met a wonderful neurologist at that stage, and I always give honor to him, Dr. David Saffer, who kind of whacked me off my new student throne. Um, I had to assess a child, take this child to a case conference, the information, and um, child got a very low, low score on the block design subtest, and he said to me, so what does that mean in terms of the brain? So this absolute fresh new student from university couldn't answer that question. And he just looked at me. So he said, 
best you know about the brain the next time you come in, whether they taught you that or not. So that was my first steps um, into the field of neurophysiology, and I've been very passionate about that since then. Um, got, um, yeah, I've been in full-time practice all along. You know, I was then in part-time practice, went into full-time practice. And what really moved me into the field of the brain um, was a very big tragedy that hit our family. We had somebody in our family with a huge car accident in 1995 um, with severe head injury, poor prognosis, um, I was told to put this person in a place where somebody could care for him. And at that point, there was a lot of research out on the brain's neuroplasticity. I've always almost questioned what people tell me. I'm curious by nature. Um, decided that I'm not going to put this person into a place where somebody else could care for him. Um, learned about um, neurofeedback, went to the America, got trained in neurofeedback, which led to um, getting trained in quantitative EEGs, getting my registration in EEG as an EEG technician in South Africa. Um, and basically from there, that's how the practice developed into a different you. direction. So now, yeah. so now, so now you run a, a an organization or a company called AdLab. That's right. What, what does AdLab do? Um, the AdLab, in essence, what we do is we provide information. You know, our whole world these days are information driven. So what we do is we do objective assessments of what of brain. We work with energy. We we look at brain energy. Um, we look at the body's energy in terms of heart rate, heart rate variability. And then we also look at the frequencies of the ears. So basically, I'm dealing with frequencies all the time, which is basically – do I have enough energy to process this? Or is there too little energy to process this? Or is there dysregulation in how this energy comes to the brain and the body and the ear? And then we put that information together and say, okay, what do we do with the data? And I think that's very important that we have a baseline score that is individualized for every person that comes into the practice. Because once you have that baseline score and you start with an intervention, you have, you do another score and then you have a pre and a post. So the, the research model is almost looking at a pre and a post assessment and see how the brain and the body changes in that process. So that's in essence what we do. I think that's the shortest description I've ever given. <laughs> What are the what are the things that you do in order to help the child after they've done this test? Yeah, so um, the first of all, we can talk about in, about the EG, the functional EG, a little bit later as well, and obviously what we see in terms of heart rate and heart rate variability and the auditory processing task. But um, once we get that information, I integrated, and um, that's one of my biggest strengths. I'm, I'm really happy. I'm, I'm proud to say that I've got a good strength in, in interpreting data. I put that together and then we work with a team of medical doctors, of um, physiotherapists, of, you know, OT, speech therapists. That's also a lot of emphasis on nutrition. Um, so I have a few nutritionists and dietitians that we work with. And we understand the information that we deal with and see how we can intervene with that specific protocol that we integrated from the data that we obtained. 
we then measure to see we've done this intervention. How does this change the original assessment that we've seen? And we see the change every time. So um, people, you know, my husband said this morning, how successful are you? Um, he says he's sure that that's a question that people will ask. You know, how successful are you? We can measure the success in terms of the pre and post so we can see the changes. So I had a teenager in the lab yesterday again that just didn't take the supplementation. So there's no shift in the EEG. Um, and first of all, it's just said, no, but I'm taking it, I'm taking it. And I just said to the mom, the way the teenagers normally do is they hide it in their drawers, just go home and look in the drawers. And she went pale. She says, no, I haven't been taking it all the time. So that is how accurate the measurement is. We can actually see whether they are following the recommendation from the doctors. Um, and am I digressing? What's, am I answering your question there? No, no. It's, it's fine. Fine. We, we, always, we always go into a break. Yeah. We'll come back. Let's go for a break. There's, there's, I've got a lot to say. <laughs> this is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosulski and Feige Stern. We are talking to Mitzi Hollander, founder of the Ad Lab. We're talking about our children and what we can do to help children who are struggling um, from, a, from a learning perspective, dyslexia, concentration, etc. And um, one of the questions that I want to pick up on, uh, Mitzi, from our conversation is nutrition. Because today, you know, we, we are, and, and the show is very, very focused on shouting at people all the time, you know, we are what we eat and what we are eating is affecting us in negative ways. And what I'm hearing from you is that you actually scientifically in data see the change in the brain from a different intervention in nutrition. Can you talk a little bit um, to that? Yes. Uh, yes, I can definitely do that. I just wanted to, I remembered what was the last sentence I wanted to do, wanted to state, the last statement was that what I've seen over years in the practice is that there's a lot of interventions in children and then the, the people that land up at the lab are people that's got lots of reports from everybody and that specific intervention didn't help um, that child or that adult because we also work with adults. And I, it forced me to look at things differently and, and asking the question, what are we missing out? Are we over-therapizing? What's the baseline thing that we're missing out on? And definitely what I landed up with in terms of my answer was, go and look inside the body and in the brain. Go and look at the gut. Um, go and look at the brain. Um, I always say to the parents, it's like, trying to check the pH balance of the pool. It's no use throwing in fancy blue tablets and hoping that the pool is going to remain blue. What you do is what are you putting into that pool? Is that the correct thing? That gives you 50% success already. The other 50% of success um, depends on the resilience on can I go along and keep on doing what we're doing and that's where we're looking at lifestyle. And that's where we're looking at how do we change habits. So what we've developed, apart from this assessment tool, is a process where we do the check-ins. As I said to you, we do a pre and a post. Um, and the check-in data that we do from the EEG, the functional EEG, is also then shared with the 
the medical doctor or the um, and the, the nutritionist and so on that I work with, because that then gives us an idea of where we're going. Where are we successful? Where are we not successful? You know, there are general protocols for everybody, but then there are children that come that has such unique brains that you really need to monitor that process very carefully. So we can talk about trends because there are definitely trends, um, but I cannot work um, and hope for longitudinal outcomes, successful outcomes, without looking basically at nutrition, at supplementation, at sleep, at movement. And if you don't bring in those lifestyle issues, you limit your success and the success rate depends on the compliance. And that's where I'm saying to you, that's the other 50% of the success where the resilience needs to be there to say, let's do it. We can get through this. And um, I may just you mentioned mention, about uh, what I, um, what I wanted to mention to you is that especially in America, there's a very huge awareness in quite a few years already now in nutritional psychiatry. And it's refreshing to see that um, because we're not there yet in South Africa. You know, um, the diet is not discussed with a client when they're going to see a specialist. Um, their sleep habits are not discussed with a client. Um, there's a lovely book, um, and I don't get anything from this, so um I, uh, that, that I bought that's called Brain Energy uh, by Dr. Chris Palmer and he's a psychiatrist and he absolutely follows nutritional psychiatry. If you read the success of what diet and lifestyle can bring into clients, there's a lot of case studies and I'm on a group of with him and other dietitians and nutritionists. Every day you just see the success rate in if I change my lifestyle, what can I address? So, um, yeah, I think if we don't think about that, we're missing the boat totally. Can you, can you talk a little bit about the trends? What, what, what like general overarching things do you see that we're perhaps doing wrong with our kids that we need to start oh. doing? Wrong? <laughs> I think I that's a huge, that's a huge conversation. Um, um, but I think what we've missed out on or is I think basically we've all become too busy. And I think the time that we need to spend in terms of quality time, it's not just about quality time. You have to have enough time to spend time, quality time with your children. I think if I look at what's happening in homes and you speak to parents, homes have become chaotic. Um, there's no structure. And if there's no structure, there's no predictability. If there's no predictability, it makes me feel unsafe. If I feel unsafe within my body and in my autonomic nervous system, I cannot function. It works bottom up. If my autonomic nervous system is dysregulated, I can't say, well, let's change the brain. Let's put um, this food into the brain or let's put this medication into the brain. Then everything is going to be fine. And that's why it's so important that we have an idea of measuring heart rate, heart rate variability and heart rate coherence to measure that person's ability to be able to move from fight and flight into a rest and digest state. We are measuring very few people in South Africa that can move into that rest and digest state. If I get meditators or people who have a gift of prayer, they can easily move in there because they've been taught specific breathing techniques already. So it's much easier to move into that dome or that, that spectrum. 
But um, that's definitely one of the, the trends that I'm seeing is that it's the chaos that's that's all around us. I think we're all just far too busy. And, you know, I'm talking from a grand's, we talk about being grannies, um, a grand's perspective. And um, as a mom, when I think back, I'm thinking I missed the boat with some of these things, you know, because it's running to sport and running to ballet and doing this. And, and in the meantime, we could have just done other things, lie on the grass and look at the branches of the tree and, that's where I am now. So fortunately, I can do that with my grandchildren. But the biggest thing is that we are too busy. And then when you look at diet, what it enforces is junk food, fizzy drinks, eating on the run, not sitting down at the table as a family, enjoying a meal, um, not planning the meals properly, um, getting quick little gluten-free um, and I'm absolutely for gluten-free, but if you buy a quick little gluten-free packet somewhere, doesn't necessarily mean you're giving the right food there. You know, you have to be as raw and self-made as far as possible. When you we need somebody, we need somebody that does a children's cookery course where they are trained to grow the vegetables and trained how do I use the in-season, the seasonal vegetables and make it fun. And just make food and, and, and eating fun again and not just something that I'm doing on the run. I ask parents questions about how the child eats and eating on the run is one of the main things that are coming out. Um, I, I think that just proves the point, you know, so I think that's a very important thing. And then what parents tend to miss in terms of trends as well. And it's easily misread from everybody. I, we have a standardized sleep questionnaire that we, um, that we give out and we ask questions about sleep. And the very first question is, how would you rate your sleep? And most people say, very good or very good. And then you start asking the questions and they don't realize that when they score the questions, they start answering, I have frequent awakenings. I struggle to breathe. I cough. I snore. Um, I need to go to the bathroom. I'm tired when I wake up. I wake up because of noise in the environment. Then I struggle to fall asleep again. I take 60 minutes to fall asleep whilst the golden rule is I need to start. I need to fall asleep within 10 minutes. Um, and the other thing in terms of structure and routine is you need to have a fixed time every night when you go to bed and a fixed time every morning that you wake up. The brain has this amazing innate circadian rhythm, 24-hour cycle, and you can't go and mess with that cycle. You know, you can't say, well, I'm going to stay and, and now with exams, the university students go through the night. And guess what? Tomorrow morning, they're going to have a blank. They're going to hit a blank and think, I knew that. So if you're not sleeping properly, you will not function properly. And with sleep, a lot of other things, you know, the devices, the Wi-Fi, um, am I too hot to call? Practical things that we can easily look at that we tend to overlook. And kids are addicted to devices. I, I mean, the parents come in and you see the kids and they say, oh, we're just keeping him busy now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's how I'm keeping busy. Um, and I promise you, I'm guilty of that as well. You know, when my grandchildren are here, I'm like, okay, can't we just put on something for them to watch so that I can just have a breather? So I can absolutely identify with that, but watch what you're doing. You know, make sure that they're not keeping it close to them. Make sure that you are, and that's a whole new topic on its own, you know, 
blue light exposure and 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 uh, electromagnetic frequencies it has a significant impact i always tell parents that if you sit in the chair and i bring the phone not even to your head you will be frightened to see you will get a big scare to see what the impact of the phone is on your brain and there's lots of research on that I think my kids think I'm crazy. I'm constantly telling them, stop with the phone, stop with the phone, put it away. You know, it's too close. It's going to ruin your brain. <laughs> yeah. But rather do that. You know, my girls, when um, they were younger, we always laugh. I would capture them when I'm driving from school <laughs> or going to school. And then the two little girls are sitting in the back of the car and I watch them while I'm talking to them. And I said, remember, one can't do this. You know, this is my time for preaching. <laughs> And the gospel to them. And then they'll sit in the back of the car and they're rolling their eyes and I'm just pretending that I don't see it, but I don't stop talking. <laughs> so they both adults now with babies and things and say, Mom, remember you said that? And I'm like, yeah, that was one of the car talks that we had. <laughs> and you rolled your eyes, you know. So use those moments, you know. Um, like with kids for sensory integration, don't use the moments when they come from school because they'll block you out anyway. So... <laughs> Yeah. Okay, we're speaking to Mitzi Hollander. If you have a question that you would like to ask our guest, the SMS line is 34519. Our telegram 0618951019. So in all these trends that you are picking up, you're, you're creating a base, um, that, that is, that, that you can actually see, right? Yes. I so, think that's really important. Um, I, my husband is a research professor. He's now retired and he hammered into me that I need to work within a theoretical framework. And then I rolled my eyes, you know, like what the heck? I'm not busy with a PhD. But if you get that framework within which you work, you know where to tap into that framework. But the base, again, the basics of this is that when you work with the body and you work with the person in front of you, you have to have a bottom up approach. And that means what's going wrong at the bottom of what's at the bottom of this problem. Don't give me 10 symptoms and then we're going to diagnose you according to the DSM-5 and then we're going to tag you and then we're going to treat that. I've now got a scratch in my throat. Maybe you can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I find this like pretty interesting because Everything that, that, that we do discuss on the show, maybe, you know, just in terms of sleep, in terms of nutrition, in terms of, of like down, et cetera, et cetera. Um, what is fascinating is that we can scientifically prove it. Like as a baseline, any person can, can walk. Absolutely. I mean, a mother can even just see from their child what happens to them after they're on screen for too long, or if they haven't eaten properly, or if their sugar levels drop, or if, you know, they've eaten too much sugar. But it's amazing that you can see it literally scientifically. You can. We had a child in the practice yesterday, uh, sorry, and Dave just come back from holiday. And the mom, I looked at the scores and I'm like, oh, my word, what is happening here? She said, oh, we didn't follow the diet. We didn't do the supplementation. And some of the supplements ran out. Oh, excuse me. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> and um, And I looked at the scores and you could see. Everything had, because I haven't been following the process for long enough to start getting that, that longitudinal results, but it was a big eye opener for her to see that we could measure that, you know, they just didn't follow a sleep routine at all. 
And it just looked like this child did not sleep, sleep for, for five months and not just a week. So it's important. Like you can also like pick up within the sleep pattern. Like, I mean, I know of someone who came to you and you, and you said to them, they actually have a bit of epilepsy and the, the kid would not have known or the mother would not have known. And this kid was a, a regular kid doing nicely in school, you know, not many complaints. The teachers, you know, she wasn't doing as well as she could have, you know, the, according to the mother. Um, and then came to you and, and you found that actually she, she's a bit epileptic. Yes, um, but epileptic is a good word almost. So when we look at the EG, obviously, first of all, I look at whether I do pick up seizure activity, which is sometimes quite common that can be missed. So a proper seizure wave is a seizure wave. And if they seizure activity, I will obviously refer them out to a neurologist. But then we get waves that can spike and it can be sharp waves that actually really go outside the norm. It breaks through the thresholds. And that could have the same impact then as an underlying seizure, even though it's not a seizure activity. And very often those are the kids that if you sleep tracking, of which I'm really a big fan of, none of the devices are too accurate. But if you, again, but say seven days of data, you get a quite a nice baseline score. Um, what we see with those kids then when you in the EEG, we pick up that sharp irregular waves. Those sharp waves in um in the delta band causes these children to be quite restless. Um, those are the children that will have nightmares, night terrors, sleepwalking, sleep talking. They wake up the next morning and they're absolutely exhausted. And one of the interesting things is, is that um, they have a fear of the dark because when they have that shock wave and they're waking up, they're not fully waking up. So they can't tell you mama was awake. Some of them do. So I always say they wake up in that twilight zone. I'm not fully asleep and not fully awake. And it becomes a very frightening place. And they have this own unknown feeling for the dark and you don't know where it's coming from. So those are the kids then where you need to look at that, treat it obviously more in a natural way. If that isn't working and it's not bringing down the height of that wave sufficiently, then you would have to look at a, a small dosage of an anti-epileptic, which obviously I don't do. And, you know, I'm not dishing out medical information there just to just to state that very clearly. I do work with medical doctors and I don't, not even with supplementation, do I give my opinion to the client. I think it's really important that it's dealt with by a professional person. Too many people open up little spazzer shops these days with their own little range of supplements and we have to be careful about that. Absolutely. Um, we are speaking to Mitzi Hollander, founder of AdLab. If you have any questions or comments, 34519 is our SMS line. 0618951019 is our telegram number. This is the Healthy You Wellview Show, and you are listening to 101.9 Hi FM. This is the Healthy You Wealthy You Show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern. Mitzi, one of the things, like, I, I kind of, when I'm listening to you, you speak, I feel like every single human being should come to you. <laughs> and, and I then, wish. So who are the typical clients that, 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 that you see in, in AdLab? 
Um, normally clients that have done a different journey already. So parents don't bring a child and say, well, I'm just going to go to the ad lab and then I'm going to take it from there. Unless people know that my whole philosophy is about wellness and, and where I'm going and, and that's their own, their own philosophy as well. And then obviously I will get them as a first time um, tester, you know, that they haven't gone anywhere else. The children that we are seeing are not the children that are doing well on the medication because they're doing well. And you get in the brain, you get phenotypes where you can see that this child will just do very well on, on a stimulant medication or a, a stabilizer. You, you, we get those phenotypes. There are definite phenotypes. Um, so the children that we normally see are the children where parents normally have tried a lot of things and a lot of different medications, a lot of different dosages of medication with side effects. Um, um, and that's when they decide then that they'll come. But then normally it is word of mouth. So um, it's normally talking to a mom in the parking area or hearing a show like this or whatever that then gets them motivated to come to the lab. And again, just to mention that I also that we also work with adults. Um, and I've worked previously, not more now, with peak performance where we look at the optimal functioning of the brain to look at CEOs and top sports people. Um, I don't do the therapy anymore, but I work with psychologists then that I've trained in peak performance. I find it fascinating how, how much the brain can change. I mean, even yeah, in an adult. Yeah. That's very fascinating. Um, I, I read a very nice little um, quote, um, and not even a quote. It's, um, oh, it could be a quote. It's that uh, that your genetics is the trigger and your lifestyle pulls the trigger. And what I'm trying to say by that, if we measure a brain and I give feedback to parents, for example, they will sit on the other side and you can see them doing that to their heads and pointing fingers to each other because, oh, that's how, that's how we know, that's what's in the family. So first of all, you have your genetical predisposition. But as I mentioned in the beginning, we know that the brain has got neuroplasticity. And the external input then, how I change my environment, um, toxic environments, how I change my food, how I change my lifestyle, do I exercise, um, do I sleep properly, that can have a significant impact on yes. Yeah, no, I know overseas they're studying Alzheimer's much more and also realizing with lifestyle how much they can reverse it. Yes, there's a Dr. Dale Bredesen that I really like and follow in, in terms of, of um, Alzheimer's. And he's purely nutritional based and they get amazing results when they bring in nutrition. So it's my passion to get people to know that they can change their lives. They can change their genetics um, by bringing in a, a different lifestyle. I think oh, we're... I, I want to hold on this for one minute because I actually had somebody the other day approach me regarding Alzheimer's. It, 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 it seems pretty clear that in the family there is a genetic disposition. And mm-hmm. as, as the, you know, the members of the family get older, they, they're hit really, really badly with Alzheimer's. And she actually asked me the question, what can I do? So can, can we spend just a few minutes? Um, I'm not an expert on that at all. So, um, I can only give you my opinion and what I know. But there are definitely subtypes of Alzheimer's and those subtypes, the latest research was showing is caused by different components. So there isn't just a one single Alzheimer where we're talking about a tau protein or whatever that's causes. So you can get subtypes and then combination of subtypes. 
And I haven't looked at the prognosis of the different subtypes. I just know that these subtypes, but if you deal with something with regards to the brain and you start early, remember you see the onset of Alzheimer's when it's been there already for a long time. So when you start, then it's almost too late. You know, if you know that you've got that genetical predisposition, go and look at the research, go and look at, you know, people like Dr. Dale Breeders and what he's saying about Alzheimer's. Go and find the person that you resonate with that's got sufficient um, research behind what they're saying and start following that lifestyle. I think it's really important that we investigate our own protocols. We need to be empowered to make our own decisions in terms of this is my body and where am I going, but make an informed decision. So when I follow people, I follow um, a professor at Stanford University and Dr. Huberman, and I just really love this man because he gives out information and it's absolutely research-based. So he talks about um, hormones and then he brings in the experts on hormones and the research on hormones. He talks about sleep and he then has sleep stacks. He says, go and try this. This is what the research has found. Your doctor that you go to won't necessarily have the time to go and look at all that research. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's really important that we are open-minded and when you make a decision, it has to be an informed decision. Don't just go and look at a trend that somebody's posted. Um, please drink this because this is going to make you better. Uh, um, for your profile, maybe it's not going to work. And I think that's where the difficulty comes with the children that's coming into the lab. Nothing worked. What else do we do? And I think that my ultimate motivation would be to have a lifestyle change, but to put hope into people's hearts Because that was in the position that I was. I was not given any hope for this person that I was working with. And that person today is a fully independent, functioning person. By the grace of God and by, you know, being open-minded to to things like hyperbaric oxygen treatment and so on, where the doctors rolled their eyes when I said to them, I'm going to do that. I mean, if you look at Israel, they have some of the most advanced hyperbaric oxygen uh, research in in the world you know if you look at what they have um it looks like the inside of a airplane a cabin and they've got these soldiers that's come back from the war with brain damage that they treat and the research results that's coming out from there is like absolutely amazing so we can't roll our eyes for hyperbaric oxygen treatment for example what what is your success rate in in in, in your in, in your lab uh, I said that before. I think the success rate will depend a lot on how I persevere with this change in lifestyle. I think that's really important. And when and who determines that? It's the mom. It's the mom that needs to keep things together at home. So as moms, we really have to look after ourselves and self-care. We don't make time for self-care or else. You know, now this woman comes along and this doctor says, okay, we're going to change the diet and we're going to do this and no gluten and no dairy. And it's like, no, I'm not doing this. In the first place, my child isn't eating because he's a picky eater because he's got sensory integration problem. And now you're telling me to change the diet. We need to look at it in the way that we can handle it. Who am I in terms of my boundaries? How well can I handle what these people are saying to me? What can, should I not do this step by step? You can't just bash in and say, I'm going to change. We, we get moms like that. That's a cold turkey. 
nobody's going to have any gluten, any this, any this in the family from today. <laughs> it's chaos <laughs> in that house. Um, you know, I changed my diet. It took me about five years to get into a routine. And I promise you, I still fall off the wagon now. You know, if I get a fresh Portuguese roll, I can just see the butter melt on that. And I'm like, no, I can't say no for this. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm not a purist, but we just see that the closer you can stay to a protocol and the longer you stay to that, that brings in longitudinal success. So what happens over time, the brain starts stabilizing. And I show the parents, I say to them, look, we don't have such an erratic brain pattern anymore. It's starting to calm down. We now have to get the waves not to be that high, bring down the amplitude of the waves. And we get to a point where they're saying we're starting to take away some of the supplementation because we're maintaining um, a profile. If you have a, a bad temperature or if the child bumps his head in a rugby game, which they shouldn't be playing, then um, you're going to, or they have a trauma, then you'll see that, that the, the brain is kind of out of kilter again, um, especially when they go through the uh, hormonal changes. It rocks their boat. The children need to know, you need to know as parents, gee, if I give this supplement, I can really see a change. The child needs to say, mom, you didn't give me this this morning and I'm feeling very angry today. They need to know. So I think self-knowledge for that child, it shouldn't just be, okay, open up your mouth, pop the tablet, things are going to be better. Shouldn't be explained in detail, be appropriate with your explanation, but the child needs to be come, um, you know, we have to enable our children um, so that we don't have children that become arrogant in terms of what they're doing. Um, we need to enable them to know how they are feeling. Even you as a mom can't know how they are feeling with the supplementation or the change in nutrition um, that you do. And they know. You, what you're saying, it's about empowerment. Like, Absolutely. Power and once once you actually embrace, I know yesterday I was at a doctor and he was trying to tell me to get something and I'm going, mm, I don't know. He says, okay, let me just tell you the effects of it. <laughs> and once yeah. he told me all of that, like I got up willingly and did what I did this morning. This is 101.9 High FM. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosulski and Fagy Stern. For me, it has truly been a very enlightening conversation and I think a very, very important one, a very empowering one. And um, really, I think hopefully this has opened up the eyes, the ears, the hearts of, of people out there. That there, there's, I think what you said about being open-minded is very, very important because we kind of like have got stuck in like a groove, you know, have a headache, take the panada as opposed to asking maybe why or what can I do mm. differently. That there's a lot of yeah. things that are putting in. If people would like to get hold of you, how can they? Um, I did send you the information, so I'm sure that you'll be able to post that. But our landline number is 011-889-334 or info at adlab, so adblab.co.za. Brilliant. Can I give you one minute to condense um, our conversation and give a final thought to our listeners? I think what's really important is that we need to know that we can change our genetics. 
we don't have to suffer in the way that our parents have suffered. Um, and if we commit ourselves to a process and, and just head down and do it, um, we see amazing results at the end of the day. They are people that we can't help. So I don't want to profess that everybody that comes into lab, the lab could be helped. They are people that need deeper detox processes in a very specific way, especially where we're dealing with our autistic um, population. Um, but I always look, there's always an answer. Um, and if you're explorative enough and ex- um, inquisitive enough and open-minded enough, you're going to find what suits you. But make sure that it's not just a social trend on social media. Make sure that it's data-based. There you go. You know, I'll, I'll end off with, with two words that uh, that was going around our family, and those are the words, be curious. And I think yes. that's, that, that's a wonderful way to end. Thank you so much, Mitzi, for your time. Um, and, and your expertise. We've uh, absolutely enjoyed the conversation. And absolutely. Fascinating. So much to go home with. Thank you, thank you, always. Thank you, Adol. Thank you, Mitzi. Thanks for joining us. And thank us. you for the time. Thank you for the time. This thank is you. Healthy, Wealthy Show. This is 101.9 High FM.